It's easy in fostering to lose focus on making your marriage the higher priority. Learn how to change that mindset and keep your marriage priority number one. That's coming up next. A marriage that takes on the fostering journey. That's what we call a fostering marriage. And this is the show where you learn to keep your marriage the priority and make fostering fit into it, not the other way around. Well, welcome to the Fostering Marriage Show, Fostering Marriage Podcast. Mary Beth and I had this discussion recently about should we say show or should we say podcast? And I'm where were for we? Show. You're voting for show. So, like a smart husband in this case, I was like, let's just do show. Let's just do that. Is that is that what you said? <laughs> That's not what I said. I really it was like none of us were so like it's got to be this way. And I was like podcast, and she was like, well, let's sometimes do that can toss. sound so that can sound so serious. I was like, well, this is two show. It's not, it's not a big like, deal. It's like, it sounds a little goofy. <laughs> yeah, it's like show. It's like there's so many shows out there. Anyways, uh, hearing us talk about that is not why you're here uh, today. But today on the, uh, on the podcast, we're talking about making foster parenting fit your marriage, not the other way around. And so the other day we were, we were talking about this, this show, this podcast. <laughs> it's going to be a thing. We were like, you know what? This is kind of the theme of everything we talk about, that it's really keeping your marriage the higher priority and not allowing fostering to become the higher priority. Because it was something that you said that really resonated. You used the words, okay, now we're married and now we're doing this fostering thing. And now basically it carried this idea of that becoming the more important thing. And that's not what you believe, but that really is what led us to this topic. Yeah. So one of the things that we were talking about is like what's going to hold couples back from keeping their marriage number one and keeping it the priority because, you know, you bring these kids into your family and they're needy. They need your love. They need your support. They need your time. And all of a sudden you're drained and it's easy to make them the important thing because maybe your marriage is doing okay and it feels like this is where you need to spend your time. But man, that's That's a bad path to get on. Yeah, that's a really powerful point you bring up is that place of almost, hey, we're good. We're doing really well. We've decided let's now bring kids into the home and let's foster and let's be generous in that way. But, you know, you have to think, okay, what kind of work did it take to get to that place where you are in a good place? Well, you can't just coast. That doesn't just maintain on its own. You have to figure out a way to continue to actually put in that work. Now that you've created all this space and all this like, yeah, we can do this. Well, now it's a you're adding all this to your life. And now it's how do you continue to keep your marriage where it needs to be? Yeah. And another thing, you know, is if we are seeking worth from these kids and from the parenting and how things are going, that can take over, I think is a great way to put that take over like your marriage because now I've got to put my time into these kids because this is where I'm getting my worth from I need to put my worth or my time into these kids and my effort into these kids instead of into the marriage yeah so this whole idea of of worth is is going to be a thing that we probably talk about a lot on this show because when it comes to decisions that we make people are like moths to the flame like when there is a type of worth and that's sitting over here in the corner, we tend to gravitate toward that. Where that tends to be for people is finding worth in other people's opinions of them, finding worth in just man, in people, which 
leads to all kinds of very difficult things and challenges in our life. People pleasing, fear of judgment. Uh, we can respond so poorly in situations and become really defensive or stressed or feeling guilty or shame or whatever because we are all these are all symptoms of finding our worth in people so in these situations like instances hey you've brought these kids into your home and now you're finding all this worth in the kids or in the circumstances or the foster situation and look at what's going on you're now facing a lot of stressors and challenges, things that are really challenging your sense of worth and your sense of identity. Yeah, and you know, another thing is you may even feel like these kids are more important or you have some other lies or assumptions of my focus needs to be on these other things. And then all of a sudden your marriage, again, like kind of what we were already talking about, it's just going down that path of... A wrong one. <laughs> I mean, what, of a you know, wrong path. A yeah. wrong path. Yeah. So there was a time we were talking about parenting and all the challenges of just parenting at large. And share with folks listening. You, I know you hate that word. <laughs> share with people listening. Thank you. Um, share with them that story about you were in a discussion with a bunch of other moms and how basically it was a conversation of rescuing one another from, you know, it's okay that you're not focusing on your faith or you, you don't have time for Bible study or like there was all this rescuing going on yeah. rather than anyone really being like, hey, let's figure out how do you keep you know, your, your faith priority. going. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's so interesting. It's funny actually that you bring that up because I'd totally forgotten about that. But, you know, we were in, of all things, a Bible study. And there was so much of just like, it's okay that you didn't read your lesson for this week or whatever it was. I think we were reading through uh, maybe a C.S. Lewis book or something. I don't remember exactly. But there was so much of just, it's okay. It's okay that you don't have your quiet time. You have little kids at home. You don't have time for this. That's normal. But the thing is, we have to decide what is important to us and make that the priority. So if your faith is important to you, but you're not spending any time with it. Is it really important to you? If your marriage is important to you, but you're not putting any effort into it, is that really important to you? So I, I think it's easy for some people to hear when you say that, of well, gosh, Mary Beth, that's really harsh, and it's <laughs> a, it's a, hey, I don't mean to be. Well, harsh. yes, it is important, but I don't know how to do all this. Yeah, like I don't know how to balance all of that. Yeah, no, um, that's... that's the key to solve. And I think it's a things can still be important to a person, but they don't know how to keep it important. They don't know how to prioritize it. They don't know how to through the day to day and week to week mix of saying of being like a mom who say who's homeschooling and then is into task all day and taking care of multiple kids with additional tasks from doing fostering. It's how do I do all of this? Oh man, that's the struggle. It's hard. I mean, I've walked through it and I've been the person that's like, I don't have time for my Bible study. I don't have time for whatever. And I mean, honestly, that can all still be a struggle. It really, for me, what it comes down to is picking what is more important and being okay with not doing everything. I mean, I had to learn to let the house go a little bit, and it drove me crazy. And I had to be okay with saying, hey, I need some help in this area. I had to learn how to make freezer meals so I'd spend less time in the kitchen. There are so many practical little things 
that I had to change or cut and just let go of because otherwise the things that I say are more important aren't going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing that we find that holds couples back from keeping the marriage the higher priority is that fostering becomes really the biggest thing that the two people have in common. You know, it's like if we didn't were intentional about our marriage and stuff we talk about, like you're at home all day and mm-hmm. you're teaching piano and you're raising all these kids. Yeah. I go to work and play with adults all day. <laughs> Well, then I come home at 5.45 or 6 o'clock or 6.15 or whatever, and then we have a few hours of time, and then that's every single day, and then we get to the weekend, and it's, are you piling stuff onto your schedule? Are you adding things? Are you focusing on your kids? And then it's, what's the thing you have in common? Parenting. Parenting you have your kids. biological kids and or your foster kids, so that's what you talk about all the time. Couples often, they really don't know each other as well as they need to because they've not prioritized the marriage in terms of like, you know what? What makes you tick? What do you care about? What were your favorite parts of the week? What's your highlights from the year? Like, what do you, when we look to the future, what do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? Hey, what are you struggling with now? Hey, how can I support you? There isn't that intentionality in the communication. We're just going through day by day kind of coasting. And a lot of wonderful couples and people arrive at this place. Yeah. Totally. So we're going to discuss two huge keys that are central to keeping your marriage the higher priority. And that first key is mindset, that it's a matter of a matter of what you believe. It's a matter of what is your mindset. So mindset includes a lot of things, but really the thing we're going to focus on today is your belief system, meaning like what do you actually believe? Because I have a, a thing that I say a lot is that behavior follows belief. Well, when those top prioritized beliefs are, or whatever those are, your behaviors are going to follow that. So for instance, if I think that in the fall, you know what, college football season's here, that is now my thing. That's what I'm going to focus on. I love it. There's so much joy that comes from it. No, this isn't true. I'm just making stuff up. Um, even though I really, I follow sports and I enjoy it. It's a, what's, I'm laughing. What's a funny dude? I'm laughing because I'm like, we don't really watch football in our house. No, we don't. Our kids don't even know anything about football. But let's say if that was my joy in my life, in my, oh, I love this so much, think about my behavior. I'm going to fight for Saturdays. I'm going to fight for ESPN game day. My behaviors will follow that belief about what's most important. So this first belief and idea that we're talking about is the idea that it's critical to lead and shepherd your family, that your kids need leadership. Your kids will not end up successful as adults, which is really the long-term goal. And there's a lot of the tactical short every single day stuff that we do. But this whole idea, and share your thoughts on this, Mary Beth, this whole idea of it's critical to lead and shepherd your family. Well, you know, we're talking about fostering fitting into our marriage. And so it's like, what's the importance of leading our marriage? And what does that have to do with our marriage? But for me, I'm like, you know, we were talking about how Every team has a leader. Well, if we're not united, if we're not connected, if we're not a single team, well, now we have two leaders 
And in my world, that's one too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, and in in my professional world, I work with business partnerships a lot. And again, I work for our best friend, Chris Licurdo, and I'm a coach there. And I work with entrepreneurs and I work in people that are like, Joel, should I do a partnership? Should I bring in a partner? Or I will start to work with someone or our team starts to work with someone and they are already business partners. And guess what? They're struggling massively because they've not figured out a lot of things they need to yet. And the second marriage is what your business partnership really is, is now deteriorating because you've not figured out ways. How do we shepherd this business and this team in greater unity? Well, most of the time, partnerships don't work out because there isn't a single head. There isn't a single leader. Well, you go to a marriage situation and you've got two people, a husband and a wife, who are now trying to shepherd these kids and this family to be successful. Well, those people, the husbands and wives, are meant to operate in equality, not one over the other. You ain't the boss of me. Exactly. (laughs) As God laid it out, again, from a Christian perspective, is that, yes, the man is to be the leader or the spiritual head of the household. But this is not an equality thing. This isn't a he's over his wife like a patriarchal society has taught that's all over the world. That, again, from a faith perspective, ever since the Garden of Eden, we've had patriarchal societies. That is not the view of God. God sees equality in gender. Man has struggled from time immemorial to put people over people, and that does not work in, in at, just it doesn't work at home. Yeah, totally. So another key mindset and a key belief is that it's our job to make our kids healthy, strong, good decision makers. Like our job is not to raise children. Our job with these foster kids is not just to raise children and get them through the day. It's operating with that bigger vision of where are we going? Where are we trying to go? Even if you only have these kids for a season of life, it's like, where are we trying to take these kids? Do we just have them and we just deal with them and we have them in the house? Are we actually trying to integrate them into our home and actually have that attachment to the kids, which is exactly what they need in order to thrive. Again, it's behavior follows belief. So as parents, it's like it's our job to make the kids healthy, strong, and improve their decision-making as people. Yeah, and I don't feel like we can do that if we're on different pages. You know, we need to be connected and, and on the same page in order to give them good boundaries and and guidance, which kind of brings us to the third point anyway, which is our family's going to do better when we're unified. The kids need consistency. They need security and stability. And that's going to come when we are a unified team. Yeah. And this comes back to this whole idea of the one leader concept, that the more married people can focus on their marriage, the more they can focus on their quality time together, the way they love each other, having high levels of quality communication, the more on the same page they are. And to the children, they represent that unified front, not in the, we're a unified front and you're not going (laughs) to get things by me. You're not going to play one parent on the other. Although... Although (laughs) they still try, they still try, they still do because those are their tactics. Yeah. But then they realize what, this is a unified thing here. Yeah. They sound the same. They act the same. They make the same types of decisions. They parent in the same ways. And now they're experiencing what is basically that one leader in the home where that creates 
stability and security and boundaries for the kids. So like, what would you say are some of the keys that you've seen us really adopt in practice that have helped us be that, that kind of that one leader, if you will? Uh, communication, communication, communication. I mean, there's so much that goes into being on the same page as far as just communicating. It does, in my mind, the thing that comes up is the kids trying to go to one parent when they don't get something, go to the other parent. But thankfully for us, they're still little enough that I'm like, I hear them in the other room asking you for something and you give an answer and then they come out and I'm like, hmm, what do you think my answer is going to be? Same as daddies. Yeah, because we have communicated or, you know, listened into other conversations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This is also a benefit of having a smaller home. Exactly. So we, we'll do a whole other podcast on like money and finances and stuff in the future. But we have a small home with, you know, four kids and, and us and two dogs. So it's easy to overhear <laughs> the plotting that's the going plotting. on or the communication with the other parent in the other room. And then the other parent can chime in and say, hey, why are you asking that question right now? Haven't you already <laughs> been given already an answer? have already been given an answer. And then yeah. if your kids get really smart, like I can see our kids in the future saying, I'm just trying to gain perspective <laughs> or I'm just trying to test your unity. Oh, boy. As, that's, that's, that, I can see that in our oh, future. Oh, boy. That'd oh, be boy. so hilarious. <laughs> this is where your, your teaching works against you. Oh, yeah. That's. That's a that's not okay. Yeah, but like, do you do you experience like back to this topic here that more consistency, security, and stability comes, especially for foster kids that are coming from very traumatic, yeah, broken situations that that will actually help them find that when they come into a oh, home. Oh man, yeah, because it's like you know they're looking for boundaries, they're looking for how do things work in this family and. And that stability, those boundaries, when we're on one team, man, when we're not unified, there's a lack of stability for the kids, even in little tiny ways, maybe. But the thing is, I think they need the stability even more than our biological kids because of what they've experienced and because they need a little bit more right now. Yeah, totally. And then that's another episode we'll do in the future is having biological kids and the marriage and parenting dynamics of having your own biological kids when you now have chosen to foster. So do you want to take us into key number two? Yeah, totally. Um, you know, one of the things for us is is healthy accountability. You know, when one of us maybe is, I don't want to say separating ourselves from the other, but it's just somehow not becoming the priority anymore. We need to be able to talk about that and hold each other accountable, which, you know, it sounds like such this, I don't know, harsh term. accountability. But it's just, it's helping someone succeed in a loving way. I mean, I have accountability partners or have in the past for health reasons or whatever. And I mean, I don't know, maybe some people have like really harsh accountability partners, but mine have been, you know, hey, is this what you want? Is this what you want to focus on? We need to take these steps if this is what's important to you. And it's the same thing in marriage is being able to succeed in a marriage and parent as parents, we need to be able to hold each other accountable in a kind and loving way. Yeah. And a lot of you all, depending on who you are, accountability may be a terrible word that you may come from a very bad like church or religious setting mm-hmm. yeah. that preached and practiced accountability 
or that you were held to account on things by people that also maybe would never admit their own sin or their own faults, that you were held accountable to these things. Or maybe you come from parents that were really controlling and the accountability was very toxic. That accountability can be a very bad word, but when you really look at what it is, it's support, it's coaching, it's training, it's being able to receive that push from someone who's loving to say, hey, what's going on here? Or you don't seem like you're doing as well here. Or how can I help you? How can I support you? The whole concept of accountability, of healthy accountability is like in our case, it would be you saying, hey, Joel, hey, let's talk about this thing. Yeah. Because like the story, if you listen, I think it was on the last episode of where I was, you know, got this momentum going, I'm sleeping in. And I was already thinking like, I need to change this. I need to adjust this. This isn't a good thing. But I hadn't chose it to make, I hadn't made it important enough yet. Yeah. But I was right there. The accountability came in the, you struck up the conversation with me. That really led to now the decision making changing and that you had to fight through your own struggles in order to approach me in a healthy way to have good communication around it. It was a great example of healthy accountability. Let's let's talk about like what some of those struggles are because, you know, for me to hold somebody accountable can be so stressful because it feels like conflict and it feels like I mean gosh sometimes it feels like well I'm being selfish by not letting you sleep in or maybe I'm being a jerk or well (laughs) and if I approached you the way I originally wanted to I would have been but (laughs) there's these things when you go to hold somebody accountable it's so important to take a deep breath if you're me (laughs) but (laughs) just do it in a loving and kind way where you're gaining perspective and you're You're saying, hey, why is this happening? Like, help me understand, because I feel like we're getting off path here. Help me understand how we got here. How can we fix this? Because here's where I'm struggling. Which that, as you bring that up, that, that, that is such a great example of leadership. Because leadership is not title. Leadership is about making someone else successful. So the approach you ended up taking was gaining perspective. Hey, is sleeping in important? I gave you the answer no at the time because it isn't important. It was just desired. I liked it, but it's not that important to me. But I think what you're bringing up and what you're modeling is so powerful because this is what leadership looks like. It's like, hey, we seem off track or this thing is not really working necessarily for me because I'm getting up and I'm being with the kids. I'm struggling over that. Let me influence Joel with questions to get us to a better place, but it allows you to also gain perspective from me. And I think in in the context of accountability, the focus is not on you when you're holding someone accountable. The focus is on the success of the other person or the success of the marriage. This isn't a let me be over you or be controlling or be dominant or intimidate you or guilt you. That's all selfish. That's all about you. Leadership is, how do I influence you or lead you in a conversation to get to a better outcome with people? That's what healthy accountability should look like. Yeah, I think on the flip side of it, like when I'm on the receiving end of the accountability, man, it can be so easy to get defensive or prideful of, I'm not doing anything wrong or I don't know, whatever, where I'm just like, I don't want to hear what you have to say. And that's where it's like, again, apparently I have to do a lot of deep breathing. (laughs) But like, I just have to like pause and be like, okay, what is he saying here? Like, he's not attacking me. He's asking me things and he's being kind. 
am I doing something that is contributing in a negative way to our marriage? Yep. And being willing to look at that and take responsibility for what I'm doing and not making assumptions about what you're saying. But if I if I'm receiving something from you in a negative way, I know I need to ask another question. I need to not dwell on defending myself and believing that whatever I'm thinking right now is true because maybe it's not. I need to ask another question and and just gain that okay, what are you saying here? And and like I said, just getting us back on the same page and us working together to get back on that same team. Yeah, and from a personality styles lens, we're going to do a dedicated episode. Uh, I feel like I keep promoting the future here. <laughs> There's we're so many do, things to talk about. We're going to do a dedicated episode or probably more than one on personality styles through the lens of the DISC framework. So with your personality style being what it is and mine being the same, accountability is not something we will ever love. No. We no. always will have a trigger like, like kind of response of like, oh, here, I'm doing something wrong or here comes the push. Our personality style or does not Or even feel like I'm a that. bad person. Exactly. Now, this brings us to our next point here today is about what holds people back from having healthy accountability. And it is what both people struggle with mm-hmm. is what causes people to not have healthy accountability. Because you were just modeling where your mind goes yeah. when you're on the receiving end of accountability. Yeah. Well, your mind goes to... oh. Um, failing I'm a bad person or oh he thinks he knows everything or whatever I mean there's a lot of negative responses that initially will go through my mind yeah there's so there's lies you tell yourself there's assumptions that you make there's guilting or there is that the victim mentality that comes through that both of us have that in our past we've both had to really focus on and work on not being victims in situations and when i say victim i'm not meaning the the boohoo woe is me oh this is so hard i'm meaning the defensive okay now i'm gonna buck up now i'm gonna be defensive <laughs> and i'm gonna be prideful i've never done that never neither <laughs> of us ever have right there's so many uh, we're you know we're in our 40s we've done this so many times but I mean, we now recognize it so well praise god that we can see these things and be like gosh i'm being a victim right now that's the kind of victim mentality we're talking about because think about the word defensive i have to defend myself well what yeah. does that imply immediately that i'm being attacked exactly yeah. i'm being attacked okay what's truth are you being attacked in what we're talking about well, not if your spouse approached you in a loving way. Exactly. No. This yeah. implies you're not being attacked. Yeah. But in the context of healthy accountability, if it's a like you coming to me, hey, you have all this thought, all this assumption, all this frustration, you stop, you breathe, you thought, you prayed, you, you approach me with a question. Yeah. Hey, is sleeping in important to you? Perfect way to start that conversation because I wasn't put on the defensive, which would have been all me anyway. Because she can't, you can't make me feel anything. Right. But we can, with our words and with our tone, put people on the defensive. We can help trigger them. Yeah. You approached it so well, so I didn't get triggered. I can immediately go to just, nope, these are my thoughts about it. And it's something that I already know that I need to change. Yeah. So some other things that hold people back from having healthy accountability uh, is how personally that we can just take things especially again going to our personality styles how fast we can just take things so personally yeah but i and i'm meaning in a negative way and another thing is pride 
it's that oh I oh, oh I don't want to receive this this is my this is my wife this is my husband yeah another thing that can hold us back from having healthy accountability is fear for me that could look like I'm a failure I don't like how you're viewing me I don't like how you see me and maybe I get angry out of that you know I'm just gonna push back and it's because I'm afraid of how you see me yeah so there's such a that's so powerful because you bring up the worth component that there's such a loss of worth in the Mm -hmm. moment about caring about the opinion of your spouse yeah that it's this shame guilt I'm such a failure I've disappointed you I'm not a good spouse all of the self-criticism the negative self-talk starts to play in and you start to really just cream yourself I'm such this bad person. Or you go to that other side of fear, which is the, I'm now from a place of fear going to go to controlling responses. Which I think takes us to even another, another thing that holds us back is making assumptions because I'm making assumptions of how you, you see me. I'm making assumptions of what you're thinking. I'm making a whole myriad of assumptions that are going on instead of, again, just asking yeah. some questions from Yeah, you. like like I assumed we'd be able to record this podcast today <laughs> without birds chirping in the background. Bad assumption. So if you can hear birds, like we hear them with you. <laughs> we're they're gonna, singing us a hopefully, song. Hopefully they're not distracting. They're trying to give input. They have things to say. Aww. They have things to say. They took over a little nest. They're a little foster They're a little fostering nest. Uh, and that's what we should recall the show. It's on a show. It's on a podcast. It's a nest. <laughs> oh. We if we just... change the name, people, this is why. Fostering this is why. marriage nest. I don't know if that's going to work. Nah, it doesn't work It probably me. won't. All right. But Moving like on. on the powerful thing about assumptions is that we set our reality based on those assumptions. So if I hear... In the question you ask me, in this example we keep coming back to, hey, is sleeping it important to you? If I hear she hates me, or I'm a failure, or she's attacking me, or whatever, how now am I going to respond? How now, brown cow? How now am I going to respond? In oh, a not nicely. negative, critically, yeah. some type of self-protective way, because I lightning fast set my own reality based on assumptions, not on truth. Right. The place to go is gain perspective and ask questions. I could have gone to, if I was struggling in that question you asked, and say I was put on the defensive, if I was practicing really good self-awareness, I could say, hey, why do you ask that question? And you would have said something like what? Well, you're sleeping in every weekend, and it seems like it's important to you. I'm struggling with it, Um, but if this is important to you, then... Surely there's a way we can fix this. You yeah. know, like maybe I can whatever, you know, <laughs> sleep in the next day or go out with a friend when you get up or something. Yeah, you like, know? like talk through it in yeah. some way yeah. is what I could have done. And if you would have said something like that, I imagine my response would have been similar to what it was anyway. Right. That I would have heard that and been like, nope. I need to change this anyway. I've already been thinking about changing it. We've built yeah. up this momentum since vacation. I am tired. I like to sleep in where I can, but I need to stop this. This isn't good for you. and It's not good for the family. Yeah. This last point on things that hold us back from healthy accountability is losing worth in the discussion. And so like, what, what does that look like when we say you lose worth in the discussion and you start to struggle, like paint that picture for people. Well, for me, that's very much of I'm focused on how you're viewing me. And so I'm worried 
about if you're seeing me as a failure, if you're seeing me as the bad guy, so to speak. And so instead of focusing on what truth is or who I really am, I'm losing worth because I think that you're seeing me in this negative light and I don't want that. I don't want to be seen as a bad person or however I assume you're seeing me. So you can see how the battle is on here because let's say in your marriage you have a situation where one of you approaches and communicates poorly to the other one. This is where putting in the work of growing in self-awareness and strength in yourself is so important because our brain processes so quickly and this person who I love and who's coming to me and communicating just communicated in some type of negative way, some type of way that just contributed to a lot of conflict and you're now having to battle losing worth and going to some toxic response, some self-protective response yourself. That's why this whole topic is a massive one. Most things that we struggle with in life boil down to where we seek worth and losing worth over. Most of the time, that's people's opinions. That's why we fear judgment and criticism from other people. We fear people having bad opinions of us. We lose worth over it. And then we start to feel some kind of toxic or bad response. The other thing we struggle with is control and then feeling out of control. So when we talk about that, we're not talking about the Tasmanian devil, like ballistic, like abusive, uh, even though it gets to that abusive person who's throwing things or God forbid being physically abusive or even sexually abusive. I'm talking about the day to day common. I'm now super frustrated. I'm angry that you are you're very stressed and you're communicating in really bad ways because you are out of control because you're not managing whatever those triggers are. You just, you're not managing them very well and you're struggling. So two big keys that we've talked about today to make foster parenting fit your marriage and not the other way around is again, your mindset and how you are viewing marriage and its priority. And also just the idea of healthy accountability and not that horrible accountability that we talk about, but healthy, loving accountability. We hope this has been helpful for you, and we hope that you join us in the next episode of Fostering Marriage.